1: I was thinking about how you spend thirty years in a tiny cell and come out ready to forgive the people who put you there. Oh no, no, that was that was bad. That was bad. You win this round, Matt Damon. <laughs> I'm a uh, uh, untrained and uncultured American, and that that accent might be a little bit uh, beyond my skill level. But thank you to our listeners who are bearing with me through this uh, little bit of cringiness. And thank you for being here. This is episode 12 of the first season of Pop Violence. The final episode of the first season of Pop Violence. We have covered a lot of different movies from Star Wars to Les Mis to Black Panther to Easy Rider and a lot of other different genres in between. And we've covered all sorts of different topics, from the most basic, fundamental, theoretical or conceptual frameworks to some kind of nitty-gritty deliberations about the specific workings of our society or the specific vehicles of violence that exist around us, and also how to dismantle them or what it means to have progress. This experience of creating, hosting, publishing pop violence has been incredibly rewarding for me, as well as really challenging and exciting. And I just want to say thank you to anybody who's listened to this episode or any other episode and for the support that you've shown. I invite anybody who hasn't to go and and give the first season a listen in its entirety. It really does really cover so much and, and, and a lot of really different and very interesting topics. I also want to invite those listening to stay tuned because although season one is over, season two and more pop violence is on the horizon. So just stay tuned. Continue following me on Instagram, which is at pop.violence because come fall, we're going to start dropping episodes again. We're going to continue doing what we do. This is going to be a conversation. We're finishing off here with conversation about Invictus came out in 2009 it's a film about the South African rugby team won the Rugby World Cup in South Africa while Nelson Mandela is president apartheid had recently um, been dismantled formally and we touch on a lot of interesting topics I'm having this conversation with two people who work at an organization called Peace Players And they have a lot of insights about some of the themes that are considered in the movie. We really talk a bit about forgiveness and how forgiveness is tricky. And reconciliation is kind of a slippery thing to deal with. And we also, just at the end of the day, get down to what does it mean to have meaningful progress made? And what type of role does a rugby team potentially play or do? Symbols or sentimental victories do for the movement toward more just societies. I think you'll really enjoy it. And so, without further ado, I will present to you episode 12 of Pop Violence. (laughs) Welcome to Emmett and Chinny, to Pop Violence. And yeah, I'm stoked to have you guys here.
0: Oh my God, Tim, awesome. thank you so much for having us. Yes. It's an honor to be on Pop Violence. We such are a big fan.
2: extremely excited. And, you know, there's really no telling what's going to come from the show, but yeah, no. I know it's going to be good. <laughs> things <laughs> no. will be
0: said. I know things will be said. <laughs> <No>. Deep, deep. <laughs> no,
2: no, no. No, thanks so much for having us. This. this is awesome and amazing.
1: Yeah, it should be. It should be fun. I think that uh, I think we've got a, a, a good film chosen and we've got a good uh, group of people here so I, I but i would like you both if you could uh introduce yourselves a little bit better to these pop violence listeners uh just on like kind of a personal level uh, you can share as much or as little as you'd like
0: yeah well all began in 1997 for me when i was born <laughs> <laughs> um hi i'm emmett Uh, I have been with Peace Players for almost two, two and a half years now. I live in West LA now, but I was born and raised in a small town in Massachusetts. Right now for Peace Players currently, I work as a podcast coordinator for our own podcast, Play It Forward, that I'll let Chinny explain about uh, later. But um, I started as a fellow. I worked in South Africa for about two months. And then once the pandemic hit, I came back home. I've grown up sort of uh, surrounded by cinema since I was maybe two and a half. The first movie I saw was Jaws um, and it greatly impacted me so much. I went to therapy for it, which was great. Um <laughs> oh, gosh. But ever since, ever since seeing that movie, I <laughs> no, it is funny. I'm sorry. Ever since seeing that movie, I've been fascinated with how uh, much it affected me on an emotional level. And I never got that fascination, never subsided for me. And so my dad teaches film also at uh, the Williams College and so I just grew up with movies all around and just became engulfed and fascinated with it Um, so I'm particularly like you said Tim very excited to talk about the Invictus movie today but that's about me I have three beagles and I love pigs and that's pretty much it very cool (laughs) yeah so didn't know that fun
2: fact about (laughs) Emmett I didn't know your dad was in film no wonder why you're so like you're like the real deal. So you guys who are who are listening, if you don't know, that Emmett is going to be... Um, sorry, and he already is actually building no, the foundation no, to be probably that. the best director you guys have <laughs>
1: ever heard
2: of in life. And I'll just that, put that you. in there.
1: <laughs> maybe um, maybe maybe Emmett should take over Pop Violence as the new... <laughs> no, podcast. no, no. Actually, no, he no, already no, has. No, so you guys no. don't even know
2: <laughs> it yet, you know? Um, no, no, no. Uh, hello, uh, Pop Violence uh, listeners, viewers. Uh, my name is Chinni Nwagbo, and I am... Uh, the pro- a program coordinator, I mean, sorry, program manager at Peace Players, and have been here since uh, last August. Um, and it is awesome and amazing to be here with you. I think the the real reason Emin and I are here are because we also have a, a newly launching podcast called the Play It Fork podcast that you guys will be hearing soon, coming to you live in July. But a little bit about me, former professional athlete. Went to, well, first of all, I went to Syracuse University, love that, um, mm-hmm. then went and played professionally all over the world for 11 years, um, have always been involved with youth development, youth sports and sports for social change and social good. So that's something that's very dear to my heart. Worked with various NBA teams, uh, worked with the Department of State as a sports envoy. Um, and I continue to do the work that speaks to me um, and it serves something greater than myself. And how does that correlate to pop violence? Love movies. Uh, love when the message behind it is exactly that, right? That speaks against um, the isms and the oppressions that we see in the world. Um, movies that are uplifting and can get us up and out of our seats and give empower us with the idea that we can make a change from wherever we are. So I love music, music, uh, movies, uh, reading, anything in that that area and that space because I, I think that that's what serves for who I am in terms of just empowering me to know that my voice is stronger um, and it's it's always uh, supported through through film. So I'm happy to be here um, and I'm excited to just talk about something that matters. Invictus is going to be the bomb.com. I've seen this movie more than once so I'm excited to, to be here and talk about that.
1: Well, sweet. Thank you. And yes, I'm also excited to talk about Invictus with you both. Um, I do want to make sure that, um, you know, we all have a little bit of a grasp on what is you are talking about when you talk about Peace Players. And so would you be willing to, yeah, talk about Peace Players a little bit and sort of what that is, what its mission, sort of that kind of thing. I give you a high level
2: overview of Peace Players because it's pretty dynamic. Uh, It started in 2001, Uh, with the premise that if we can play together, we can live together um, in South Africa. And then we basically have expanded to now all over the world. But what we do is we use sports um, as a way to unite uh, uh, communities. We use the power of sports to unite communities. And specifically, uh, we use sport to promote peace and our hope is to create an, a more equitable society. And we do that with the youth. We instill the youth with conflict uh, mitigating conflict uh, t- tools, you know, tools to mitigate conflict, I'm sorry. And also tools to ensure that they are hopefully become leaders in the community to go out and just build relationships. So we bridge uh, divides in communities that need it. Um, so sometimes like, it looks like in, in Baltimore, there's a, a divide between East and West, and sometimes there's a divide in your community. So we go in there and we use uh, basketball, the, the best sport in the world, um, and I might be biased, <laughs> to, to find creative ways to ensure that the kids know that, um, know of our three core values, which is seeing people as people, that inside outside transformation and the culture of collaboration. And what all that means is just seeing the humanity in others. We can be on the court, we can be one, and we can start to see the similarities between myself, Emmett, and all of our friends. Right? There's no, there's no real, there's no true divide because we're all a part of uh, of mankind. And so that's what we do. Um, yeah. In a nutshell, I hope that I hope that makes sense to you all that are, that are listening and. I've only been here with Peace Players since August, and I have definitely a different perspective um, working in Baltimore and being able to see all the different sites in the U.S. But what's so amazing about this partnership between Emmett and myself is that Emmett's had the eyes in a different country, right? He's been able to see how Peace Players operates outside of the U.S. And so, I I don't know if you want to speak a little bit about your experience as a fellow.
0: No, totally. I know it was um, life
2: changing.
0: It was so, life changing. Talk to the people about how it changed your life. <laughs> right, so as Chinny had mentioned, you know, Peace Players is this uh, basketball nonprofit and that deals with bridging divides in historically conflicted communities around right. the world. And we have uh, five sites globally um, that we work in, uh, the US being one of them, Cyprus, uh, Middle East, Northern Ireland, and um, South Africa. And I was fortunate enough in all of those sites for our nonprofit, you can get this opportunity to become a fellow there. And a fellow is basically a fancy intern, I like to call it me and Doug always thought that was a better name for it. But it basically gives you an opportunity to go to these places. For two years, you get a work visa and you get to experience all the idiosyncrasies and different avenues that that specific site has. So you get to get a taste of what fundraising is like and talking to donors, but you also get to go to the actual programs and see how you build a successful program and train your local coaches there. And so it's great that we got to see Invictus because there are some elements in this film that are very uh, stark in contrast and also very similar in uh, how my experience was there being uh, a white man and being in a place that in a 50 mile
1: radius, there were no white people. Thank you. I feel like, you know, Peace players. Sounds great. Sounds awesome. I'd love to be a part of it someday. Just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) So no, I do want to hear um, last question about peace players. Um, I think that was a good segue into talking about um, Invictus, but I do want to give you guys a little bit of a chance. And I want to hear a little bit more about how, what is the, the, the purpose, the goal, the format of this podcast that you are both heading in, in peace players or at peace players,
2: and I think Emmett, uh, our director, uh, <laughs> Emmett could <can> speak <laughs> to that. But so, why I was interested on a more personal level is that uh, it uses um, not only do we raise the profile of uh, peace players in a way and and the work that we're doing, but it provides a space to really talk about all the isms, right? To to really dismantle those those isms, to hear people's stories, to hear. Um, how they were able to take what is going on in the world in terms of uh, racial injustice. Uh, we're talking about gender uh, inequity. We're talking about uh, systemic uh, racism. We're talking about uh, religion, I mean, all, all the isms, and, 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 and create the story behind why it's important to always think of peace. Uh, why it's always important to really work towards that equitable uh, society. And so our podcast, in a sense, raises that voice. And and that's what it is for me. And so that's why I love being able just to interview people who speak to how we can make the world a better place. Like, what does that look like Um, in the context of the things that you've gone through? And so you'll hear a lot of stories and a lot of conversation about these victorious people who have just found a way to make it work and continue to use their platform uh, to pay it forward, to ensure that everyone else um, behind them, their voices are being heard and that we can continue to build a world that works for everyone.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I totally agree. And Chinny embodies for those who don't know embodies all the values of peace players as a person. She's compassionate. She's incredibly hardworking. Thank you so much, I appreciate you. And uh she's beautiful. But that's oh, <laughs> um, if you
2: guys didn't know. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, the podcast was sort of a is sort of just a, an, an idea, Tim, that we had, like Jenny said, as a way to expand and diversify our audience for Peace Players. We wanted a, a new avenue to sort of get the Peace Players message out yeah. there. And we thought that this was sort of the future of how, especially our youth, um, right, retain right. and get a lot of information these days. Yeah. And so me and Chinny have always been on the same wavelength and I don't think we'll ever not be on the same wavelength. It, right, we, right. we agreed that it had to be a conversation based thing. It couldn't be an interview styled podcast and it had to be focused, like she said, around the isms and a, around a lot of uncomfortable topics because we both fundamentally believe that that's where true growth and change happens. Absolutely. Um, and so how it's gonna be is there's gonna be four seasons We're almost done finishing the first season, but we won't reveal any of our guests or what they're about. (laughs) Like she said, all of them touch upon issues that not only are serious issues, but issues that need to be addressed and are tired. Uh, We're tired of having to talk about them and actually trying to come up with different solutions for them. And so we're excited. I mean... It's something that's totally new. We're trying it out for the first time. We have really no idea what we're doing. We're learning as we go. And also, like she said, we're we're getting to talk to amazing people who are incredibly successful in their own fields right. and just learning, always learning, which it's
2: is really learning. cool. Very good. Yeah, I agree. Good job, Emma
1: Awesome. I'm stoked. I'm stoked for the podcast. I'm, I'm, I'm excited for you guys. Um, excited to hopefully, you know, be able to uh, join the podcast and, mm-hmm. and, and be on yes. it a little bit. I mean, that's the, you know, what this, this podcast is, is been a, has been a really fun project for me. And I think that, I think that there's always, you know, that, the vitality, like the, the power of just like having conversations with Absolutely. other human beings. It's, it's something that can't be passed up. And I chose to sort of couple that with, you know, my own sort of like, academic knowledge of like peace building with yeah. you know mm-hmm. a passion for pop culture and film yeah. and you know bringing those things together into a conversation it's it's really fun um, And and Tim if anything you're incredibly attractive
0: so you always love <laughs> that.
2: I mean you know uh, and Emmett Emmett is too so that all of you guys oh listening
0: stop just that was me fishing for a compliment he so. knew it
1: but it's okay <laughs> let's talk about the film let's get into it um before we uh get too uh derailed uh talking about how we should be doing a video for this because we're all so good looking um (laughs) let's talk about Invictus um and I just want to hear just right off the bat what do you what did you guys think of it I watched it before um Hmm. and then I watched it
2: again and every single time I'm just you know it's something about South Africa that makes me feel like there is a purpose uh, for my life and there is a purpose for us to be here and there is a purpose for the strength behind our voices and song uplifts that and the movie for me was just, I'm going to say it in my terms um, and not how I would if I was on the podcast, the I love mm-hmm. it. Very powerful, very moving um, and very much in your face and real. Uh, so that's what I, I took away from it.
0: It's funny. It's funny, Tim, because uh, I've also seen it. I think this is my third time watching it, but I hadn't watched it until it had come out. And it does a great. It's one of those movies that had you know how it's going to end. They're going to win, and even knowing the ending to begin with, you get to the point where they're about to win and you're transfixed and you're still (laughs) like feeling good your hands are sweating Yeah. Um, yeah and I always think that most successful movies that are based on true stories have to do that in some capacity they have to like even with the ending insight that audience members know they have to pull it off in a way and I think the movie does pull it off it's also interesting that you know Clint Eastwood directed this and he's totally a, a guy who's about the revenge trope, so to speak. Yeah. And this is totally a movie just focused on forgiveness, which I think is right. really interesting too. Right. But I, I, I liked it a lot. There were some parts that are obviously a little cornier than others, but he's definitely, uh, I, I appreciated that he veered totally far away from what his normal track record is of cinema, if that makes sense. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Another thing I was thinking when I was watching it, cause I watched it on Juneteenth. Um, you know, that that's a national holiday now mm-hmm. for us. Um, and I was thinking about what this embodies as oftentimes we have things like Juneteenth and we have things like the, the, the movie Invictus and, and we, you watch, you know, you, you watch it, like you feel so empowered, but then you step probably two steps later uh, into the real world and you realize, but there's still so much work that needs yeah. to be done. Yeah. Um, here's a movie like Invictus, uh, the power of this movie. Uh, and and I, you'll hear South Africans say, yeah, but the remnants of apartheid are still here. Um, mm-hmm. And it's just like, yeah, you know, like where, where is the, the, the true shining light, that consistent shining light that you know that we can finally put <clears throat> things like this, uh, apartheid, racial injustice, discrimination behind us Right. Um. And so there's that piece too. Um,
0: Well, that's why like the the ending is so. It's this falsified like, we won. Racism is over. Right. Right. You know, but it's not. (laughs) It's like we're just getting started. Right. The poor are still poor after they win the game. The rich are still rich, and there is still this like divide. Divide. But the the way that he cinematically structured it, it's like, you know, the opening scene is the is the. All black kids playing soccer, and then right. all the Afrikaans playing rugby, and they're literally divided by a road, and Mandela's in the middle of those two people. Right. And then yeah. at the end, it's pubs, it's households that right. are all diverse and right, everybody's right. cheering in the streets and it doesn't <laughs> matter. And then they ride off into the sunset and that's right, kind of right. it, you know? Which is completely yeah. opposite of what's going yeah, on. Now, my favorite part was big. the
2: kid, the kid with the police officer. Yeah. yeah, how, yeah he's yeah. like, at first, like, get away. And then it's like, you can see him, <laughs> And then they're like, lifting him up like, yeah! <laughs> If yeah. I had I kept thinking I wonder what happened moments afterwards like yeah, yeah, where they, exactly. they put him down and I'm like get out of here like what like what
0: well they put him in happened? the car and then they drove away yeah, but yeah <laughs> they yeah.
2: took him to jail yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, is what yeah so that's the thing like I mean, and it just it's just real like that's what life is like it's it's like moment like it's in the moment yes but then there's that realization at the very end like well, no there's still this thing going on that But I think you're right, Chini.
0: But sorry, Tim, I keep interrupting and talking all the time. But there is this like feeling that with the backdrop of South Africa and their sort of culture and the like Ubuntu mindset of like, I am because you are, which is this like basic, we're all connected sort of thing. It, it works. Like the movie works because of that in some right. in some way because yeah. you feel emotionally connected to some regard. Yes.
2: Yeah, there's that hope, and 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 it's not to take away from the fact that you know we need hope. We need to continue to to, to march forward. It's just it's important to see both. Okay, I'll, I'll talk. Are, can we talk about this thing in the movie, or do you want to get to the next question? Because I I have a <laughs> no. point that I yeah we're talking we're talking about the movie. Yeah, just right, just cool. go for it. Yeah, so there was this point, I don't know if you guys picked up on it, but the part where the young kids are coming to collect the clothing, right? Um, mm-hmm. And they're giving away clothing to these kids and the last boy comes up and the lady's like, uh, there's a white lady and there's a, a, a black lady. And um, they, they say to the boy, you're so lucky. The white lady goes, you're so lucky just in time for the last um, article of clothing, and this one is really special. Right, right. Uh, and she, the, the young African boy, uh, is looking. South African boy is looking at her, and she lifts it up, and she said, "I think this is a special item. It is a, it's a little big. Uh, it may not fit you, but you can grow into it." And, and it's uh, the jersey, original journey jersey from the Springbok, Springbok uh, rugby uh, nat- national rugby team. And he like looks at her mortified, like. Oh my God! No, I can't. Mm-hmm. I'd rather not have any clothing than to have this. And the white lady is complete. The white South African is so completely oblivious to what's going on. Like she thinks she's doing a a a great job of providing, you know, clothing for this child that's in need. And the African, I mean, the black uh, South African woman looks up to her and goes, "That piece of clothing, that Springbok jersey, represents th- that." The, the the existence of apartheid.
0: yeah,
2: And the lady's like, <gasps> um, and for me, that part of the movie was like, it's real because you, it's just like black and white people, right? Yeah. Uh, you have white people who want to do um, great things and, and you have white people who want to be supportive and who want to understand, um, but that they don't always understand all the way um and so that's also a part of the divide you have to understand the entire story and so that part of the movie was like perspective right mm-hmm. a good deed can be perceived as a bad deed if you're not educated about mm-hmm. what what's happening mm-hmm. And so i thought mm-hmm. that was really strong because that speaks yeah. to every single divide in the world mm-hmm. um not just south africa you everywhere so for me that was like whoa okay mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. this is real um yeah so she like put down the jersey like oh my goodness i'm Handing this child apartheid in his face, right, I'm wondering right, why right, he's not. Right. You know, I'm wondering why he's not grateful to receive it. Had yeah. no clue. Uh, um, yeah. and, I, and I like how the Afri- the black South African woman said the kids would destroy him and beat him up if he wore it.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So the
2: young young South African um, boy runs away, and so I was just like, oh, that was that was powerful. I don't yeah. know if you guys picked up on that, but...
1: No, totally. Part. I, I appreciated that scene, for sure. I'm really, really glad that you both uh, brought up some of the... I don't want to say, like, shortcomings of the film, but definitely, like, I guess, the nuances of of, of the, the message that this film is sort of trying to share. Yeah. Um, and and I definitely felt like it was really pronounced and, and, and very, like... Uh, it was it was more in my face this time watching it than when i previously watched this film and i think the first time i saw this was actually just like a couple years ago like and and this is it's i think it's more than 10 years old it's a pretty old film yeah and so i i found that there's the, there's like there's a lot of tension there between that like Well, first you have, you have like the, the unity. Like, I think that unity can be a very like duplicitous, like word sometimes Mm. it can be very like, Oh, like we just need unity. Like when, (laughs) when, like when black lives matter was like, when there was, when there was a lot of energy there and there was protests. Oh, we, why can't we just have unity? Right. 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 It can be weaponized for all the the wrong reasons. And then I also think that it, it, it definitely highlights that like tension of like symbolic or like, um symbolic or sentimental victories right so they kind of had this like symbolic victory but like where's the material change right like right. Where, like if i was a materialist right. i'd be like this is bullshit like right.
2: they're, yeah.
1: they're showing they're showing the pub right with all the white people in it and it's very nice there's wooden bar tops and then they're right. showing the liquor store where all the uh all the black people are right where there's there's you know it's like all tin roof mm-hmm. and, and all right. and corrugated metal everywhere and whatever and and they're showing this like disparities between uh, the the different people groups there in in south africa but then also like sort of the backdrop is this victorious music that and mm-hmm. and and also this right. sort of symbolic victory that happened i i've even seen people this week talking about that even with juneteenth they're talking about oh we can we can make a national holiday but we're also passing laws in many states that are suppressing black people yeah so black people can't vote right and and that (laughs) right so it's like so what do we do with the the symbolic victories like what are we excited about them do we embrace that, and and how does how do we still how do we find I guess the 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 value in like these like sports related victories, right? You guys coming from these right. players, right, that's right, probably right. something that we need to explore because I think that from a critical point of view, there's a lot of uh, yeah, there's a lot of space to sort of look at it and say like, oh well, none of this really matters because right. it's not changing the isms that mm, you're saying, right, right. About. Mm-hmm. it's not changing the oppression. And now we're seeing sort of the uh, we're seeing that continue to sort of unravel in the decades since uh, this world cup. So I don't know, I I don't have any specific questions, but I'd love to hear counter thoughts. No, 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 that was, that was good. Um, And I think,
2: uh, and you said people group and I want to, I want to kind of correct that and say race racial groups, right. Race, race groups. And I think it depends on what perspective uh, you're looking at. First of all, I think we always have to approach something with a sense of understanding and peace uh, and being open to a perspective other than your own. So it, it's about who's <laughs> who's viewing what. So Juneteenth for a lot of, um, I, and I can't speak on behalf of everyone, but some of the conversation that I've heard regarding Junete- Juneteenth is just that it's just one of those holidays that you you make just so every you can gloss everything over like, Oh yeah. See you got you, you people should be happy about this because we made this a national holiday. So, I mean, what else can you ask for us? And then it's just like, well, what about the reparations? I mean, like people work for two years as slaves. Are you going to pay them back? Like what, Mm -hmm. (laughs) what does that Mm -hmm. look like? So sometimes these are very symbolic displays of hope, but it's not to forget that they're just symbolic and that there is, Needs to be work. That needs to be like they, there's still work that needs to be done, um, and it's just one of those things where I, I don't want to sound like I'm ungrateful, but it's like the fact that we even need a symbol to to express that people need to be treated with equality. and there needs to be equity is kind of like sad at the same time, right? Yeah. Why do we need this symbol for just treating people like humans and 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 not treating them according to misleading, I don't know, notions about a race? Yeah. So there's that. So it's, I think it's the same thing here with with Invictus. It's like you want to present hope, but not in a way that overshadows the work that needs to be done, and not in a way that uh dismantles those that are oppressed their voice right with, with saying here's this movie be happy or here's this second in time that happened you should be happy because it it's changed your life yeah meanwhile people are still going through the same thing
0: so yeah i don't know if that made any sense at all but yeah. no it did it did and i yeah. tim we me and jenny had a conversation with len elmore um this Maryland alum, great basketball player, amazing broadcaster, and now Harvard Law lecturer uh, at Columbia, uh, or Harvard Law graduate lecturer at Columbia. Mm. Um, and we were talking about the the notion of the performative activist. activist. So this okay. idea where you're being an activist, but on the surface level, you're not really sacrificing anything for it. I'm right. talking about the like black square on Instagram kind of thing. You know what I mean? And it's like, there's a clear sense of urgency with all these problems. And he was talking about how, like, if you want to incite real change, there has to be some level of sacrifice because of how urgent the problem is. And that's the same with sort of the symbolic victory for me. It was like, it's sort of this like glossing over celebration of, look, we went into the township, right? And Mm -hmm, we mm -hmm. gave them rugby balls and it was very sweet, you know? Um, And then we get on our bus and we get the f out of that township and we'll leave. never come yeah. back kind and of we thing.
2: never have to see that again but we can feel good about ourselves because we right, did right. this great deal right. we'll because i'm a great the flag.
0: person we'll leave right. the flag that says one team one nation and then right. that way we can give everybody sort of that day of celebration and then move on and there's not right. really any serious change that's enacted
2: you can see the, the remnants of strong it's just a lot of privilege there like you yeah. know have you heard him where, um he when we're they're, they're on the bus going in to the township right going into this uh space where you see all these beautiful south african kids um and they're just like these homes that are incomplete and you know just stricken with poverty and one of the players was like under his breath i'm glad i don't have to live here right right right, um, right. and it's just that idea that some people can um, and I wanted to say this earlier, uh, when Emma talked about, uh, we, how we make, uh, create uncomfortable conversations, some people's lives are an uncomfortable conversation consistently. And then there are other people who don't have to have those uncomfortable conversations.
0: Yeah. And most people, and most people do not want to be uncomfortable. They and don't Clint, want to be. And Clint Clint they have the privilege not, not to be Yeah, right. Clint is smart enough when he makes this movie, he goes, okay. in all these small victories, let's, let's raise that background music up. Let's get it in slow motion. Let's right. get Matt Damon smiling in the sun right. kind of thing. Like, <laughs> let's all as a community right. enjoy this because nobody wants to think about the like right. huge socioeconomic discrepancy that there is in South Africa. Right. Where, like right. the blatant poverty, the AIDS, the gender right. inequality, like stuff like that. It's like, no, no, no. We should all be celebrating how like there was racism at one point. And now look, they're all in the pub together and that, and they won their game together and Chester's on the team. And that's such a great thing that Chester's (laughs) on the team, you know, kind of thing. Yeah.
1: Well, I found, I I, I'm glad you said, I'm glad you bring uh bring Clint back into this because I I had an interesting experience with this film because I felt like it's paced quite similarly to like most of your sports films, right. It's kind of has the same sort of unfolding of the plot, but I found it was a little bit different in some regards. It wasn't as, I guess, how do I say this? I guess it wasn't as, um, it wasn't really character centric. It was character centric, but it it was also plot centric, but it almost, it it did feel like it was just sort of like a snippet of like this piece of history. Cause I felt like there was a lot of, there was a lot of loose ends that were sort of brought up. They weren't sort of tied back in like your typical feel good Disney movie, like remember the Titans or something. And I love remember the Titans, but like, you know you've got all these like loose end care you got all these characters all these guys all these personalities on the team and all their stories are kind of brought back together and they're all sort of you know birds of a feather by the end of it and we don't have that experience on this one and he kind of just leaves a few things like open and one of the things a couple of the things that come to mind are just that like clearly members of the rugby team are are overtly racist yeah yeah right and yeah and they they refused to sing the anthem and they yeah. and that that's never resolved they yeah, they, yeah, do yeah. It, they balled it up and threw it on the floor yeah, like, yeah, yeah they yeah. balled it up and threw yeah. it out and they called it a terrorist anthem and yep, yep, yep. And, and things like that and so i i don't know i thought it was interesting that he would include some of those some of those pieces of the story and right. then just kind of have them just be there and i, I, I appreciated it to be yeah. honest but it was interesting
2: with well, the national anthem piece, though, I think he was trying to tie it in at the end when you can see all the players' mouths moving. I don't know if you guys paid attention, but they were like, "Yeah," and they could, you know, you yeah, could right, hear right, the people. Right. Um, there was that, but I, I love the loose end that he. Um, first of all, sometimes you know these kind of movies. Actual, you know, their 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 plan is to create hope, but they just perpetuate. <laughs> <laughs> the, 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 the ism, it just perpetuates, it helps perpetuate the, the, the fact that you're saying that we can have this movie and it should make us feel better. It's not enough. That's, that's kind of perpetuating yeah, the yeah, actual problem.
0: What you're saying. Yeah.
2: Um, and so, you know, it's, it, it's kind of like, it does the opposite, especially when you don't tie in things, especially when you don't have the uncomfortable conversations in the movie, the people who are oppressed walk away thinking, yeah, yo, th- yo, this is crap. This is awesome that it happened, but it's still so crap. Like, look at the, the rugby team. There was one person of color there's one black guy on the thing like yeah. that was never us right mm-hmm. like certain things like that like it just I agree with you it's just it, it's, it's created for hope but then there's a, an air of ignorance behind certain movies uh, like Invictus when it doesn't have that uncomfortable conversation like it really doesn't get to the meat of certain things and I think it's important to do that
0: yeah the another loose end that I was fascinated with that only the third time watching I really picked up on was the it is sort of not very character developed if that makes sense where it's like mandela clearly has some strained relationship with his daughter or yeah, his family granddaughter yeah. or his family and it's like briefly touched upon but he is yeah. never straight he does he's never gotten more complex than this sort of godlike figure which right, is yeah okay like he is sort of this godlike figure amongst most south africans but it was like clear that clint like did not want him to be uh controversial or complex for the viewer to see he wanted him to stay in sort of this lane um even so much so that when one of the bodyguards asks him how his family is and like clearly is visibly upset it's just like has that one scene and then it's never really addressed again, again. yeah, yeah. Then, right it's not right. it's
1: definitely not resolved right you know right. it's, right. No, it's totally right. just sort of left out right. there but that that brings me to an interesting question i wanted to ask you guys and and that in this sort of like circles back we're, we're, we're getting into these nuances and it, now we're starting to sort of sort of uh, uh dig our teeth into the nitty-gritty of this film and sort of like questioning maybe the effic not the efficacy but sort of the reality of it and and right. the the um, yeah just sort of what's the what is the thematic you know the power here is is this just sort of a another you know force for like a sort of mystifying people toward like the actual isms that are there but i want to ask because it's displayed this way and i and as far as i can tell it's historically that was this way that you know at the helm of these sort of symbol this symbolic victory really trying to make it happen was Nelson Mandela. And so these criticisms that we're offering of sort of the depiction in the film, are we, are these criticisms also invalidating of sort of uh, Mandela's philosophy towards reconciliation?
2: No, they're not. I'm sorry. No, they're not. Uh, what we're saying is when, when you create movies like this, they're subjective. Like if I, if I knew nothing about apartheid and South Africa. I would watch this movie and thinking, think, oh, it's done. Yeah. They're all wonderful. They're yeah, yeah, yeah. they're celebrating. Um, they drink coke in the same um, yeah, yeah, club yeah, yeah, yeah. now, and the police officers are great with yeah. the little black kids on the street. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. um, Nelson Mandela's family has been repaired, yeah,
1: yeah. and um, <laughs> racism is over. And yeah. black
2: people go to um rugby games that they mm-hmm, adopted. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. South Africa is great. <laughs> what do they have to complain about? Um, so it, that that's issue here uh, we're, we're definitely not mm. taking away from uh the idea of that peace can can change a world right peace can uh, providing more equitable uh uh experiences and peace and and moving in that way isn't a strong way to move but we're also saying that <laughs> let's be realistic like this is is not how we act Actually, move in the real world. <laughs> we we would love to have that that ideology of let's hold hands and let's you know kumbaya. But the movie also shows that nah, not everybody is on that same page, and that doesn't work for everybody, right? Because not everybody has that same privilege. Like, if I want to go hold someone's hand, uh, a white South African's hand, they're probably gonna look at me like you've lost. You. Like it, it's uh, I, yeah. I, I don't want to lose you guys, but yeah, no, mean, no, no, no,
0: I. I can- I just to reiterate, it is that idea of like it would be it would be a detriment. It's a kind of a detriment to his legacy because it doesn't shed light on how much he had to endure. Yes, um, even before the yeah. rugby, and then even during the rugby, right? As well, it's like kind of like again your perfect, doesn't almost. doesn't touch really seriously upon. Right what prison was like, it's sort of like an ode to Shawshank when Matt goes there and he sort of like Uh sees these like soul ghost images of Morgan doing this work, (laughs) but all overlaid while he's reading this Invictus poem. And if you were someone like me who didn't know anything about apartheid when the first time they saw it, it was like, okay, Invictus poem, rugby championship, racism is over kind of thing. Knowing all the knowledge I know now about it, it's that he clearly went through way more hardships as president years? and in, in prison. Yeah. Like. So it's like, it's Disney-esque in that sort of way too, because it's like, it's negating a lot of how much internal suffering he must have gone through, even <laughs> in the heads of power, let alone in prison, you know? <laughs> My favorite yeah. part, was the,
2: the part of the, when we go into the prison room where he stayed, first of all, it was... Okay, we'll, we'll talk yeah, about. Made it, but Alcatraz how- look
0: like a bed and breakfast kind right. of Right, but like what was-
2: what, it, what, it, what I loved was it, it's the same it's the same it's a common thread throughout the movie. How I don't know if you guys noticed, but how on that day it was sunny and the light was shining through, right? Mm-hmm. So it's it's just like everywhere where there's uh just evident turmoil, just evident just just oppression. The the director seems to find a way to to embed hope uh <laughs> into those scenes where and i feel like i I wasn't there but in actuality i'm sure it wasn't sunny i'm, I'm sure yeah. i'm sure the room was yeah. you know what i mean like it just it's odd i mean i guess you I know see where
0: you're coming from. narratively he all clint also had to build up to him this kind of like falsehood that south africa was just like this complete underdog in rugby in actuality they were favored to win in a lot of in a lot of experts minds like they were one of the better rugby teams at the world cup and so it it, there's clearly those like tweaks and filters and masks put on throughout that just are all there to invoke emotion which is what you know an effective movie does at the end yeah. of the day. I, yeah, I, I definitely. Have a, I have
2: a question too. Like, anybody noticed? And I was thinking about this because we say that it was rugby and soccer, right? The 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 white South Africans supported rugby, and the,
0: the oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, the sorry, white South sorry, Africans yeah, yeah. supported
2: rugby, and the black South Africans supported soccer. Anyone notice how we just adopted rugby, and no one ever talks about the soccer? Like, I I know that, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. but I, I know that that's not what we're here for because that's not what the this is about. But I mean, there you go. There's apartheid again. I mean, I guess it's yeah, just yeah, like well, all have to accept this white sport that everyone, like you know what I mean. Right, like no one right. does. Anybody think about that? Like, I was there, I was watching the movie. I was like, so what happened to the soccer people since they were predominantly black? Do they not get the support? of mm-hmm.
1: So mm-hmm. do you feel like this film? And I guess I, I guess you all are not like experts on Mandela, but maybe you are. But um, I guess actually, I'm wondering. I okay, perfect. I'm I'm just wondering, I'm just wondering, like, how this film did or how we feel about how this film depicted Mandela's approach to justice and reconciliation, right?
2: Good question. Um, and and I want to know too, um, just from where I sit, being uh, a black woman, I was thinking a lot of, of the examples given in the movie were black south africans who had to adopt the white south african way i never saw the reversed um and you saw a lot of black south africans in the movie just saying but mandela these are the same people that killed my family and he says yes but we need to approach this with peace and i was in prison for 27 years like you never saw a part of the story where um the white south africans had to make adjustments for uh the black south africans and i was i i That part was the part that I was, uh, I had mixed feelings about. And so I, I, and because I don't know the true history of Nelson Mandela's power, and I know that he did phenomenal things for South Africa, I'm just unsure of who suffered most to get that change, right? Uh, If that Mm -hmm. makes any sense. Does Mm -hmm. that make sense? I'm sure Mm -hmm. the oppressed group always suffers most, but I'm interested to know if it was always catered to. The white south africans was it hey white south africans we need you to uh adopt us the black south africans of our as our brothers and sisters or was the message hey black south africans we need you to adopt the you know like
0: right right who was right, right. the
2: message pointed towards and you see in the movie it's always pointed towards the black south africans so there's a lot more at stake and risk for them as opposed to their comfortable um privileged white south african community yeah. does that make sense to anyone? yeah
1: no no really really good point um and yeah i don't know i mean i i don't know if i don't know if i'm an expert enough at the history of south africa to really comment on that i i've definitely read a lot and done a lot of study into like that the trc and all that and understanding and i do have i do feel like i have a pretty i feel good about at least conceptually, the idea of of meeting out sort of like justice through the vehicle of like a TRC rather than rather than rather than criminally convicting all of the white South Africans and going in the TRC direction. Right. To me, I, I, I like that. I like that approach um, at, at the most basic level. I think that there was problems with the TRC. I don't think the TRCs were perfect, but uh, I definitely feel like there's you know, there was a lot of value there. But I, I do want
2: you to explain TRC for our, our listeners, just in case they don't know what you're talking about.
1: Yeah, and so the TRCs, Truth and Reconciliation Commissions, um, and so basically at the at the end of apartheid and the transition of power away from that, and basically making the what was legal segregation and racism into something that was illegal and considered criminal. There, something had to be done in order to yeah meet out justice to those who were racist and were doing right. all these terrible right. things and the police who you know killed the kids <clears> at Soweto <throat> and the, and the police who had been performing these things and and those who sort of i mean the, the constructors and the proprietors of apartheid were going to be dealt with in some right. way um, and and instead of sort of going in a criminal a criminal litigation direction um like for instance, like the Nuremberg trials, which were the trials right. that where the Nazis were held um, mm. it, after World War II, they went with a truth and Reconcilia- reconciliation commission. And this is something that's been like studied just like profusely um, in the field of peace building. And like in a lot of other fields, political science, um, because it's such a pronounced and, and just like really huge deal. It was centered around truth-telling and yeah and, and and trying to reconcile relationships between uh the different uh racial groups. I, I like it i mean i'm i like it in the sense of like they're trying to repair the relationship they're trying to sort of redress the harms that took right. place under apartheid rather than just punishing those who did it right i think that the punishment takes a lot of resources it it, it just it hurts people um, yeah. And that doesn't necessarily just hurting, basically hurting them doesn't unhurt the people that were hurt by apartheid mm-hmm. necessarily, right? right? right. It's right. the idea that we're trying to fix the relationship, redress the the hurt that did happen. And I think that that's something that sort of philosophical difference is definitely present in a lot of the things that. That that Mandela says. And I even think of the one of the first scenes where he he encourages or welcomes all of the staffers from the previous yeah. administration to stay on with him. And right. he says, and he says, like, you know, you, you don't have anything to fear. Like, don't be afraid. I'm not here to hurt you. I'm not here to attack right. you. I'm not here to make your life worse, necessarily. Mm-hmm. I'm, right. I'm, here to, I'm here to I'm here to try to fix things. Yeah. Right. Not, not destroy the past things. Is the past. Yeah. He said the past is the past.
0: He addresses that exact philosophy, I think, Tim, in that scene. And it, yeah. this is what the, the, basically, the question is, is a movie helpful if it just addresses a bunch of different issues on the surface rather than sticking right. to one and going deep into it? And that's sort right. of like what Invictus does is it touches upon a lot of different things but it doesn't get any deeper than that. So like the scene where he's with his, I think it's the assistant or head of sec- yeah, secretary. Of uh, yeah. mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And she's asked, it's right when she's asking, why are you so fixated on this rugby or why are you exactly. so fixated on the rugby team? Like they're going to change the Springbok name and everything like that. And it's talking about how he's like, that will just perpetuate more fear and anger if we take away the one thing that the Afrikaners like really pride themselves with, which is this right. football team or rugby team. I'm sorry. Right. And so that that idea that like, that philosophy is totally true to the TRC Truth where Recon- it's like Recon- you can't, you can't fight fire with fire in a very basic way, but they never explore that really anymore in the movie. It's just
1: that. Right. And, yeah, and, and I, they don't explore the alternative. Sorry to butt in, but like, right. they don't no, no, explore no, yeah, yeah. the alternative. So there's, right? a, there's a
2: lot of submission. Like, uh, okay, yeah. we'll just submit to, to right. this this group. That's what right. you see the whole entire movie, which is a little tricky because mm-hmm. the movie is meant to show equality and yeah. new equity. But in the uh, end, all the outcomes are just these black people submitting to, <laughs> to these white people.
1: Like, And that's the way it's got to work yeah. in order for yeah. us to have hope. And yeah. in a very, yeah, and in a very reductive sense, like it, it, it feels like Mandela is the one who's perpetuating that. Exa- and that, that sorry, paints man, him in a, uh, that paints him in R. a R. bad light. Mandela. sorry.
2: <laughs> that's what I'm saying. That's why, that's why I think the movie is tricky, right? Yeah. You have to know your history in order to be able to dismantle some of the pretty pictures that are, are, are displayed in, in, in the video and not uh, the movie and not get them confused with what's actually going on in the world,
0: like seriously. Well, that's the dangers with having an audience that knows nothing about a subject and then having it just be symbolic victories and addressing problems only on the surface level, because as a person who didn't know anything, it was very easy to just go, man, that looked like a rough, rough year, but they figured it out. They They got it through.
2: Yes. And and then like
0: the residual effects, and I can only speak about my experience going to South Africa, the residual effects, I think of the TRC, got to get it right again. Sorry. Okay. Sorry. I just don't want (laughs) to mess that up. (laughs) But it's a tall order. It's a tall order to not fight fire with fire, and it it takes a lot. And going into a a nonprofit that's focused on handling that tall order of dealing with the isms and stuff like that, a lot of people don't want to put the work in. And you could, I this is again only from my experience, and I was only there for two months. I wasn't there for two years. But it was a clear understanding. It seemed that the residuals of apartheid were like Africans and white people were like, look, we're going to live over here. Y'all right. can live over here and we're just going to have two different worlds. And like, right. we're not going to like kill you or arrest you anymore, really. Right. But we're not going to acknowledge- We're not going to deal with race. it. Yeah. yeah. Man, we're not gonna acknowledge That's you. That's it. And so like, yeah, there wasn't even a conversation of race when I was there. It was more about like right. gender inequality and like focusing on gender-based violence, which was right. also a huge pressing issue. But it was like, wait, but this is like, The backdrop to everything, right? The the white elephant
2: in the room, right? Exactly, (laughs) exactly.
1: exactly. I want to ask. I'm glad you brought peace players back in it because I want to. Yeah, that was good. I want to bring it back a little bit personal for you guys. Um, We talked. We've talked about how, you know, this this film it's tricky. You know, there's it has like a it, it it definitely packs a powerful punch. It feels good. There's a lot of of useful and like definitely in the peace building field. There's a lot of really like salient points that are brought up in this film. And uh, Mandela's logic is, is something that we, we feel, but then we also, it's tricky because it feels like Chini was saying, it feels like there's a lot of submission going on. It feels like there's a lot of, you know, places where people are are, are, are letting go of things that they need and, right. and things like that. And I want and, and we've talked about how part of the reason for that is it feels like it, it's, it's not getting deep enough into actually fixing right. or addressing right. the isms, right. Right? right. Addressing the oppression. And so my question for you guys would be, you know, as people who work at Peace Players, how 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 can sports do that? How does sports actually do that? How can that's how can or how can Mandela's philosophy actually do that? Are we uh, are we okay to, to to explore that a little bit? Yeah, yeah.
2: So yeah, okay. First of all, that's a terrific question, but I yeah, I want you question. to understand what we do. We do not have the power to create. Uh, a peaceful world by ourselves, right? All of that takes everyone's effort, but also, peace players does not mean that we are without like, like the, those those divides are still there. <laughs> and so, all we're doing it's not like we, you know we don't s- step into these uh, historically con- conflicted communities, and all of a sudden there's like this new light, you know, that light that's shining in from the prison, uh, the prison uh, Nelson Mandela's prison. Mm-hmm. That is not what peace players is. Peace players. Is the uncomfortable conversation? Uh, it is knowing that the divide is there, and doing the work to ensure that people who are part of the divide are educated. Um, doing the work to ensure that the people who are part of the divide can start to see their quote-unquote enemy as their neighbor, um, yeah. as themselves. Yeah. And so, uh, it's important to to say that just just because there is. Um, I guess the word is this hope doesn't mean that the hope overshadows the fact that the conflict is still there. Um, and I don't know if that, that answers it for you, but I think that, I, I don't want to discourage people and think that Peace Players is equivalent to the Invictus movie, right? Where we're just saying, we're here, huh? And these communities are now set and ready to go. Actually, we've been in communities and there's no longer any race or apartheid. So (laughs) no, and that's not what we're saying about Peace Players. Peace Players is the uncomfortable conversation. It is the seed. It is the idea that people are willing to have the conversation. Let's talk about this. Let's talk about why this is the way it is. Let's start to like, really see things from a a different perspective. Let's see people as people, right? Let's have that inside outside transformation where I can stop pointing the finger at someone else just in my daily life um, and really look at myself and see how I contributed to whatever conflicts that we have and how that can help us approach the bigger conflict and the bigger divide. Uh, And so that's what Peace Players does. And that's why I stand with Peace Players. It is not a movie that no. <laughs> that glosses no. it's over a um, it's a harsh reality yes it's a harsh reality um mm-hmm. and i i I'm agree with uh Emmett. i don't know if that made any sense but
0: no it um, made perfect sense it, it is a, a con conver- it is an uncomfortable conversation i'll take it even right. a step further chinny it's it's it sheds yeah. light on sort of the the humanity and the right. seeing people as people and right. the idea that we're a fraction of a difference in terms of who we are as people when we really break it down to brass tacks. And so a lot of people who stay with or are interested in peace players or get involved uh, witness firsthand sort of how simple it really is. If you break it down to connect people and bridge those divides and for peace players, we figured out uh, in 2001, Hey, you can just dribble a ball and play five on five. And those, those differences really start to go away. And for me, that was why, right. yeah, on the court. And for me, that was all I needed. I just needed to see that sort of glimmer of, oh, there is a chance that things could actually change because it is very easy to say, you know, the Invictus movie is just this glossed over sort of falsehood of what change it really is in the world when it's like deep-ism type issues. It's another to actually bear witness to it and say, wow, I can see an Israeli girl and a Palestinian girl playing on the same team and high-fiving and, you know,
2: laughing, having a good time.
0: I can go to a South Africa court and watch the Afrikan students hand over their shoes to the South African kids and let them wear, and they play in their their bare feet because they have an extra pair of shoes. Like those were the types of things that I saw that I was like, oh, this is, this is what it's about. And this is actually something that could happen, could be made, you know, uh, that made no sense but i tried it made perfect path.
2: sense but i also want you guys to understand that there are south african kids that do have shoes he's just giving an example right right about, right, right yeah 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 specific example. sorry yeah but no that's it that's exactly what it is and what this is going to get deep but i don't know if this is going to make sense but where we do tie um or draw or correlate with invictus is that Invictus does this thing where you have to understand the savvy of gaining everyone's attention, right? And sometimes it is having that glossy story that looks really good because it gets both sides to watch a movie. Totally uh, agree. But once the movie is there and you can see the glossy side, right? That's when the seed of the uncomfortable conversation can come. So you kind of got to want to warm... So that's what Peace Players does, right? We, we understand the savvy of like warming people up with this Peace Players name, Um, and getting everyone's ear first um, then you can really uh, delve deep like dive deep into the the conflict um, totally and begin to have a place where people can feel comfortable enough to start to talk about solutions and if all we do is talk about solutions that's a big step
0: yeah peace players is really a stepping stone you said it and just like Invictus you win a game It doesn't end racism, but once the dust settles, it allows for a conversation to happen.
2: I can start to see this this teammate as a human um, because we won together. So that's what it does. Um, That's the correlation between peace players and evictus.